listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Roy. Just a quick producer's note on this episode. Dex's microphone had some connectivity issues, so you're going to hear some intermittent popping throughout the episode whenever he speaks. You'll still be able to understand everything that he says. Just know that is what that is. We're trying to fix it for next episode, and we should be good to go to review Megan in our top films of 2022. Hope you enjoy this show, Babylon and the Banshees of Inishirin. Says go, so we might as well, right? Let's go. All right. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 133. Um, Because we're doing uh, Babylon, we're reviewing Babylon. Just like that was the last movie ever made, this is our last podcast. So (laughs) let's just have a like a huge a huge party to celebrate, right? Babylon, last movie. Damien Chazelle's ode to hollywood and burning it all down uh how we doing fan fucking tastic just walked out of playing the new gerard butler joint not bad not the, bad the spiritual successor to ambulance yeah it's in the ambulance ambulance cinematic universe for sure hell yeah i can't believe you're already sp- spreading this false gospel that plane is better than Ambulance. There's no way that's true, and I haven't seen it's plane, but there's absolutely no... true. It's so much there's better. There's no way that's true. Because I, they I was spend the whole time in the fucking plane. What if they did? How many drone shots are in plane? <laughs> All right. Well, how many drone shots? Are Honestly, not enough. No I'll give you that. Though. Yeah, thank you. That. Um, speaking of, Michael Bay was uh, accused of killing a pigeon and is wanted for pigeon murder in Italy. Fuck that pigeon. I mean, Michael Bay is him. Sometimes it'd be he's like beating that. these allegations. He, he's beating these just... allegations. Well, you, it's illegal to kill. Bring me the body. Civilian? Where's the Shut, body? Where's bro- the murder weapon? It's probably it's bare hands. It's illegal to kill those <laughs> sky rats in Italy. Sky rats. <laughs> those things need pigeon sky stink, rats, man. <laughs> Pigeons are awful. Nobody cares about them. Like yeah, all they do disposable, is disposable birds. Anyway, all they do is shit and make noise. Nobody needs that. What if but, Joe Biden's uh, just like, nah, bro, we're not sending him over there for that. Like, no extra <laughs> shit. <laughs> Absolutely not. Pardon. Um, <laughs> so, actually, this week we're going to talk about two films, um, two potential Oscars films that we didn't get to in the uh, in 2022, but because more people have now seen Banshees of Inishirin because it's on HBO, uh, these are also two Oscars films, two movies that nobody saw. L- literally no one saw these movies. Um, yep. But now more people are seeing Banshees of Inishir, and it's on HBO Max, uh, as it should be. 
And uh, we're going to talk about both of them. Quick reviews for the Banshees of Inishirin and uh, Babylon. Two very uh, similar in-step films, if you will. Uh, very, yeah, totally very, these the same vibe. Films are shaking hands across the aisle. This is the exact same. Um, I mean, both these films have something to say about legacy that maybe we can talk about, but... Uh, Let's 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 get into these reviews of the Banshees of Inner Sheeran. We're gonna go Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Babylon, and then we'll have a rundown of uh, everyone's favorite award show, the the Golden Globes. Not canceled. Not canceled. They're back. Maybe they should have been. Um, <laughs> all right, Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Let's let's talk about that. I'll give you the rundown because, like I said, I'm not sure everyone has seen this one. Uh, came out actually like in like October, I believe like it came out a while ago Two lifelong friends. Dumbass like release schedule. Like they premiered at festivals. Then they like released it in like two theaters in LA and New York. And then over the course of like a month, they put it in other cities and then they were like, fuck it. HBO max. Yeah. They also didn't market it at all. Just as HBO max is known to do has a 7.8 on IMDb rated R hour 51 minute 54 minutes two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them uh written and directed by Martin McDonough of three billboards outside of Ebbing's Missouri fame stars Colin Farrell Brendan Gleeson re- reuniting with Martin McDonough for the first time in uh close to 15 years after in Bruges an Fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, I think I believe it's on HBO Max as well. Uh, Great film. Carrie Co- uh, Condon and Barry Kewen are also in this movie. Has a 7.8 on IMDb, an 87 meta score, has a 97% from critics, 76% from audience on Rotten Tomatoes, featuring some of Martin McDonough's finest work and a pair of outstanding lead performances. The Banshees of Anna Sheeran is a finely crafted feel bad treat. Also, one uh a couple of golden globes one for colin farrell uh one for i believe martin mcdonough for screenplay for this movie i can't find them because they don't even, they used to list those right up there yeah one actually best motion picture musical or comedy one for colin farrell for best actor in a motion picture musical or comedy and best screenplay was also nominated for several others um also now nominated for a handful of SAG awards. My, my, uh, my queen, my shorty wasn't nominated for a uh, best supporting actress. That didn't happen. No, she was not, not for, uh, not for screen actors guild. I don't believe. Uh, let's see. Screen actors guild. It was nominated for, actually she was her, uh, Brennan Gleason, Colin Farrell and Barry Kewen and Carrie Condon were all nominated for acting awards. Uh, Jesus. So, they all got nominated in those categories. Let me find the Golden Globe so I can just correct myself. Sorry. And we're running long on this intro. But uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. They don't have, they used to list, like it used to be such a good award show that when you won, it would come before the Oscars. Um, Mark McDonough was nominated for Best Motion Picture. Best Director, Brendan Gleeson, Best Supporting Actor, Barry Kewen, Best Supporting Actor, Best Original Score for Carter Burwell, and Best Performance for an Actress in a Supporting Role for Carrie Condon. So it seems like okay, yeah, that's what I thought. They're going to have those nominations locked up come the Oscars. Oh. Uh, 
We already know how Tej feels about about it. Yeah, uh, let's let's hop right into it. We've gone too long on <sighs> this intro. Let's no, go. Just real quick, made no money. Twenty four million dollar gross worldwide. Um, Jesus, release these. That's, that's more than Babylon. I know, isn't it? Yeah, it's about <laughs> yes. like ten million dollars more than Babylon. Anyway, uh, Tej, you didn't like this movie. You thought it was a waste of time. Go ahead. First of all, I don't like Greg McDonough's movies. I don't like Three Billboards. I know we got all the what? Oscar hype around that movie. I do not like Three Billboards. I actually actively Never seen it. hate Three Billboards, and I think Three Billboards is worse than this particular movie. Wow. Um, it's not that I don't like this movie. It's just I feel nothing towards it. I like hanging out with Irish people doing Irish accents and talking about or talking in, and, and using that slang. I like that just as much as the next person. But quite literally... This is the most pointless movie I've seen in a long time. It is so <laughs> granular and small, and I just I I did not care about the relationship between these two people and their friendship. I was never made to care. I was never quite made to have any. There's no you don't, you don't get any background on this friendship. You kind of jump into the story where the friendship starts to fall apart, and so I was like, okay, that's cool. But I actually have no investment in this friendship, and I don't really care uh, what happens to these people, and I don't really care what happens to this friendship. And then the movie just kind of ends. And it's like, well, that was weird. Everybody made some awful <laughs> decisions. We ended up here. I know that there's an analog in the background of the of the Civil War of the, that was going on at the time. And I understand putting it against that backdrop. But I would have much, much, much rather seen uh, Colin Farrell, who's incredible, in a movie about the Civil War as opposed to a movie during the Civil War that was really just about uh, some stupid beef between these two people. <laughs> I, j- I just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. I, I, I think that Colin Farrell does a great job in the role. Uh, and I, I, I am part Irish. I love an Irish accent. I was all in for the story. And I just was bored to tears. You're, you're I, what? I just, you're part I was Irish. bored. <laughs> the, I'm part Irish. That's what? true. That's facts. My last name is Finley, first of all. So, like, that, my Irish bona fides are there. I'm, fair fair I'm enough. Irish. I'm Irish. So, I appreciate <laughs> stories about Irish people. However, I didn't really, this didn't do much for me. I had to keep, you know, I like to watch movies in one sitting. It's not a particularly long movie. I, I think it took me four sittings to finally get to the end of this movie. And when it got <laughs> to the end, I was like, I wish I had not got to the end. I could have just, I, I could have just read the Wikipedia summary. Um, you know, I was, I was shocked when he cut his fingers off, but when he literally said, Hey, I'm going to cut my fingers off if you talk to me again. I felt like where this movie was going, it was going to manifest itself. But, you know, I, I would give it a – I didn't hate it. I don't I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's as good as everybody else thinks it. I would give it like a, a – I would give it a B minus. Like I, I, you don't mean that. Not, Your heart was in that B minus? No. I, I, <laughs> I, I thought C plus at first. But it is well made. I'm not saying that it's not well made. Like it looks good. The performances are good. It's just literally like the plot of this movie is the most pointless thing in the world to me. It just didn't, it didn't, it, it didn't catch me on that level. I'm going to go B minus. I don't want to give it a C plus because it's going to win awards and it's not a bad movie. And I wouldn't tell people not to watch it. I just don't understand why people love it so much. That's the only thing that I'm at, but I would yeah. still, I would give it a B minus. You really don't uh, take into account how much uh, repressed, feelings that men have you're like in la and in therapy you don't need you're <laughs> you're not feeling it out here man you're not taking into account all of us Maybe. all of us guys out here that are sad <laughs> go ahead dex 
yeah, I mean, I'm similar to Tej in a lot of his sentiments. Like, I got to the end of the movie, and I was like, "What? What was that for? Like, what am I looking at right now?" <laughs> you know, um, like, cause you know, it starts out, it's cool, it's whatever. It's like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, he, he doesn't like his friend anymore. Like, fuck this guy. All right, like, cool. And then it just doesn't really have anything else after that. Like for me, um, so I got to the end of it really confused about why people love this movie as much as they do, or why they're calling it like one of the best of the year, why it's like a top best picture contender or whatever. The acting performances are good enough and like entertaining enough for me to like not hate the movie. I actually do like it. I think I had it in the top twenty, maybe top fifteen of last year. I don't hate it or anything. It's cool. I enjoyed most of it. Uh, Colin Farrell is really good. Wouldn't hate it if he got the Oscar win. Uh, but beyond who that, who else is going to be in that category? Because I would hate it. Austin on... Butler. All right, uh, yeah. let's go. Let, let's go, Farrell. Let's do it. I, I'm behind him. Yeah, right now, uh, Austin Butler and Colin Farrell are kind of the the favorites at this point. Brendan Fraser fell off a little bit, but. Um, yeah, it's those three. He'll be nominated. And yeah. He's definitely getting nominated. He's just not the favorite to win like he was early. Farrell's um, never won other... one, has he? I don't no, think so. I don't so. think he's been nominated for one either, which is kind of surprising given his last 15 years. Bill Nike, Nike, he's the other guy who's a lot for nomination for a movie called Living that hasn't come out yet. Um, I was going to say, I don't know that. I never heard of it. That makes sense. Yeah. It I have a screener yet. of it I'm supposed to watch here tomorrow actually but uh yeah it doesn't come out yet and then the fifth spot's kind of in the air it, they could say fuck it and let tom cruise in there or they could like i don't know just pull some bum off the street who cares but uh yeah anyway colin farrell uh, i think he's really good in this movie and i'm like you know i felt him a little bit you know i uh you said you didn't care about their friendship or whatever but i was like you know i i can understand he's he's used to doing the same shit every day with his homie and now his homie don't fuck with him no more. And like, like you know, Colin Farrell made that kind of interesting for me. But movie didn't feel like it had much else after that. Like you get to the end and he burns his house down or whatever, and you're like, oh, well, damn, all right. Like <laughs> that, that's kind of fucked up. But like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Well, he um, saved the dog, but yeah, he was he gonna leave him to die. <laughs> Yeah, we don't we don't kill dogs out here. Fuck you in your house, but we don't we don't kill dogs out here. It, it ain't never that deep. The beef the beef stops at the dogs. <laughs> but yeah, man, I Roy Knight, I want you to like just explain what I what I missed here because like you know I get the obvious commentary on male friendships and uh you know uh, what's the other actor is it Brendan Gleeson? Brendan Gleeson. Uh, yeah, he, you know, pretty directly talks about wanting to do something with his life and leave a legacy and all that. It's like I get that part of it. But the ending, I was just like, what what did, what did we accomplish? Like what did we what did we say? What did we do? What was the point? Um, so I, I give it like a probably like a B plus because I enjoyed the rest of it so much. Uh all the acting performances are good, but the story, like the end of the story holds it back for me because I didn't get it. Oh, you didn't miss anything. It's not like I'm like on some higher plane than you. I just enjoyed it more. <laughs> Fair like enough. It's just not. It's not like anything deep. Um, it reminds me sort of of films of yesteryear, like 
this is going to sound reductive because it's like the first film that comes to mind about Ireland for me, but like it reminds me of stuff like the quiet man from the 1950s with John Ford and um, John Wayne. And, and it, yes, it reminds, of course. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, <laughs> indubitably. Yes. indubitably. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, movie movies that so many people that actually actively listen to this podcast will know. But um, it reminds me of just like sort of simpler films that we've kind of not lost because like Tej, you can't say this is the most pointless film when literally The Power of the Dog came out last year. Oh my okay, god! The power the the, but The Power of the Dog is actively bad. Like this movie's not actively <laughs> bad. The Power of the Dog is awful. It's, it's uh, fair. I mean, I didn't leave it. There is sort of the same sort of sense of like floating through these vistas and the scenes like the power of the dog where it's like what are we talking about here but i wasn't left feeling as pointless and as hollow with watching this movie as i was with that and it mostly came comes down to just um i like brennan gleason and colin farrell more than benedict cumberbatch in that movie not like i hate benedict cumberbatch but like he's an active like he's the worst person in the world in that movie um, <laughs> and like not interesting about it yeah it just sucks like, he just he's just he's just bad he's just a bad guy <laughs> um but this i just kind of i really i did enjoy the the messages or the subtext of of what have I necessarily been doing with my life the entire time? It it doesn't hit as hard as is, or it's not as in your face kind of as, as it is in this next movie that we're going to review, but yeah, no. it, it, uh, it, that is it the feels, of the century. <laughs> yeah, I know it's oh, brother. Um, it, it kind of feels like a guy, even though Mark McDonough has been like one of the most successful playwrights in, uh, in, UK's in the UK's history he's also won academy awards and made films that have gotten asses and seats and been critically acclaimed it feels like a guy sort of being like <laughs> was all of what was all of this for and i i just i have a weird spot in my heart for those movies like the the aimless wandering of of it all and the aimless wandering of like what life actually is and yeah. so I, 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 I just appreciated that. It, it's not like I get it. Like if you don't, if you don't like, I'm not sitting here and being like, I did tell Tej that he lied on Twitter, but like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sitting here on like some elevated uh, existence because I, I like this movie more. I just, I, I just enjoyed the 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 guy who is just really fed up with it and then this this dullard colin farrell not knowing what to do with that and i think he played it pitch perfectly well yeah. do i do i think like it deserves the oscar for best like actor there's been so many more years past where performances from years past blow these out of the water um it just isn't that great of a year for best actor um yeah. Tom Cruise saved cinema, guys. This is what I'm saying. This is why we're right. lay up here. If ever there was a year for Tom fucking Cruise, it's right now. It's Jake Gyllenhaal in Ambulance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, think... I would boycott the Oscars. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> the the clip that they show, the clip that they show at the Oscars is just him go. This is fucking cashmere. <laughs> um, I do think I I love Barry Kewen. Uh The best thing that Teej has ever said is that he has the most shifty face in Hollywood. It's the best thing I've ever heard anybody say about an actor. I, I love him, man. I don't know what emotion he's conveying at any time. <laughs> he looks like 20 different people. It's insane. Um, his spoiler alert for this movie, uh, by the way, it's on HBO Max. Go watch it if you want to. Um, his death was out of nowhere. That was kind of like unexplained. They said that like two people were going to die, but when they just saw him floating in the river i was like what what i thought i missed a scene i literally yeah. thought i had missed a scene i was like i, I, <laughs> I think cut a portion of this movie out mm -hmm. um no i just i i like the messaging of that and uh the the my repressed uh scottish lineage uh where you know we don't talk about anything and just all of a sudden it boils over and you like light somebody's house on fire that that just really spoke to me. Um, Someone's hacking their fingers off, and it's like, yeah. damn, we probably should have had a conversation before. I, I text the, I text the group. I said, "Would you would rather commit felonies against your friends than go to therapy?" <laughs> so yeah, I mean, hey, we can never leave your hometown. This is what happens. <laughs> this is what this is a movie about trying to make friends post college. <laughs> Were these so, people ever actually really friends? My takeaway was like, oh, these people were never really friends. And now, <laughs> you know, the, uh, Gleason's character just wants to dispense with the uh, pleasantries and be like, right. no, like you actually suck. I'm not your friend. You are that guy I actually hate. Every time you sit down at the bar and we go to our little pub, you talk about nothing but bullshit and you send me TikToks that I hate. And I just don't want to <laughs> do this friendship anymore. Friends by Friends by circumstance, lovers by chance. Lovers by choice. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, if you had that one friend in college who, like, y'all have two classes together randomly, so you see them all the time, and you're just, yeah. like, making chit-chat or whatever, but you don't, like, really fuck with them in your regular life. You just kept that friend for your entire fucking life. This will happen. And there's something to be said about that we don't get a lot of films... Uh, the, although that TikTok that Dex you sent us, that was a film in its own right about <laughs> losing friends in adulthood, and that hasn't been explored a lot. But That's true. It because is, it's it, so uninteresting for the most part. Like, well, I just, I just said, uh, grow up and don't talk about it like an adult. Yeah, like, just, just let it go. Just stop showing up to things for a little while. People stop inviting you to things. Now you're not friends anymore. Like that's just how it goes. By the way, the TikTok that we're mentioning, you probably saw it on Twitter, um, and there's already parodies of it. Is a woman just basically being like, "This is how I try to break up with my friends that I don't want to be oh, friends yeah. anymore." And it's just like, and it's the most. I don't. It's the most passive aggressive, weird. But it's like direct. It's I'd say it's weird to say that it's passive aggressive. But what does she say, Dag? She says something like, "I don't have the bandwidth for this yeah. friendship" or something like that. <laughs> like, I don't have it's the like, bandwidth to keep investing in this friendship, and so I will not be talking to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, just grow up and don't talk to them like an adult. Um. Anyway, so Banshee's been interfering. 
all that to say, Dex, like I thought it was really good. I'm at a B plus too. Like there's things with it where, like I said, it it was at points like, where are we going with this? What kind of is the point of this? Uh, this could have been a 30 minute short. Yeah, uh, sure. We made it into a full movie. I love Martin McDonough's writing. I do think it was actually very funny. And I was uh, actually affected by the death of a donkey. So there's that. I give it a B plus. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I would have, like, you know, you're told this is a best picture contender and possibly the front runner at this point, question mark. Uh, I don't know. Please don't don't say that. And and you're like, you go into it, went into it, and I was like, okay, I'm expecting this to be the greatest shit I've ever seen because last year was an incredible year for movies. Uh, You know, and we got everything everywhere at once out here. We got Tar out here. So if you're telling me that this shit is like a best picture contender i'm like okay we got a high bar here and then i watched it oh all right that's that happened you know bro steven spielberg made maybe his most heartfelt movie ever he's the biggest thing to ever happen to hollywood he made an incredible film that everyone who has seen it liked although nobody has seen it here's the thing we're talking about fucking banshees of inner sharon as less people this is ridiculous less people have seen the Fablemans and the Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, facts. Much, much less people. Facts. Yeah. I mean, but uh, Spielberg is still up there uh, with the. Uh, honestly, it's kind of hard to pick a Best Picture winner right now because, like, this got two months. So much shit has happened. Um, They're not going to run till for Best Picture, are they? That's not going to be a thing that we have to. It's probably, is it? probably already out of the mix. I mean, I don't think people like. I mean, it I didn't much, see this film, fortunately, but I won't no watch it. Film. No one saw it. I, I will no. not. I will you want to talk about a tough that. hang? Tough hang? No, I'm not, I'm not clicking that shit on. And there was a... Well, that will happen. There was a, a movement for getting Danielle Deadweiler um, a Oscar nomination, and she still might get one, but the Best Actress category is, is stacked. What a year. Uh, uh, yeah, that movie made $9 million on a $33 million budget. Like, I don't... Till did or uh, Fableman's? Till did. Oh, okay. I feel um, like Fable wasn't that far ahead. No, it wasn't. It made like $13 million. Um, Speaking of a movie that made $13 million, Babylon. Uh, oh, shit. It's real cinema hours now. Oh, oh God. Real. Okay. Real fucking cinema. You got to go first, Royden, because I don't know why you... I don't know what you didn't see in this film. I had a great time. Babylon, 2022 movie, uh, came out over Christmas going toe-to-toe with Avatar, which was a mistake. Um, <laughs> Honestly, bro, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it wouldn't have mattered. This movie was going to flop no matter when they put it out. Like, it just... Maybe, like... Yeah, I, I we can talk about it. Um, a tale of a outsized ambition and outrageous excess. It, face, it traces... The rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. 7.4 on IMDb, 61 Metascore, written and directed by Damien Chazelle. Stars everyone in Hollywood. Uh, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Gene Smart, Olivia Wilde makes an appearance. Um, But uh, really, it is the first American film for, uh, I believe, Mexican actor Diego Calva. Um, as Manny Torres, he had been in, yeah, he was uh, born and raised in Mexico city. He had been in stuff, uh, like a Netflix series. I, I imagine. Yeah. He was in Narcos, Narcos. Mexico. 
Um, so this is his first English language project or English language film. Also, uh, where is the guy, the trumpet player, the jazz musician? Leslie Oldham Jr. Is that his no. name? No. Um, oh, uh, Jovan Adepo. Yeah, it plays Sidney Palmer. Um, so Leslie yeah. Oldham Jr. is uh, Glass Onion. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's from Trooper. Um, and uh, the bassist for uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Flea, has a big role in this as well. Um, Who does he play? He plays kind of one of the producers or the studio heads, the fixer that's at the party, the bald guy. Oh, yeah. uh, Has a gap in his teeth. Yeah. So, yeah, he plays plays one of those guys. Um, This movie lost its ass. It's unbelievable. Uh, One of the worst flops in a long time. $78 million budget. They gave Damien Chazelle basically a blank check. And... It made fourteen million worldwide so far. He deserved it. He deserved to get a blank check. He's awesome. Did he though? Yes, he made whiplash. Yeah, yeah, he deserved it. He, he deserved it. But man. to get a blank check with zero studio interference, I understand the blank check. Hey, you know, I, we need to. We have been advocates of bringing back studio interference, but this movie is, you know, this movie's three hours long. It probably didn't have to be three hours long. But you know what? In this case, I was happy the studio didn't interfere. I wanted to see what he put on the screen. And it was the most fake deep ending I have ever seen. But that's what he wanted to put (laughs) on the screen. Yeah. Look, apparently he he originally gave them like a five-hour cut or something of this movie. (laughs) Or something stupid and pretentious like that. But yeah, I mean, hey, make that shit a miniseries. Put it on HBO Max right now. I'm watching it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I will not. That's big facts. I'm watching the 10-hour version of this miniseries 100%. Hell yeah. Give me the whole fucking thing. I'm going to watch that shit because I need more. When they are on set, when they're still in the silent picture age and they are on set and there's so much noise and they're filming all these different stuff at different sets, it was like, it's like a visual overload. I was like, I can't even process everything that's happening, but I was obsessed with it. I could not take my eyes off the screen. Then they're bringing all the homeless dudes to do the war scene. I was like, this is the fucking coolest, nastiest movie. There's poo. Elephants are pooing on people. There's these crazy sex orgies happening. Well, I was having a time also dude in a diaper. <laughs> I loved it. I was having so much fun. It was, it was, it was like, it was, it was sensory overload, but it, it made sense to me. And then the scene Here's where it. they finally go to the silent movies and you do like a 45 minute cut of one scene. I thought that was I thought that was so Here's dope. The thing, like, we're, gonna, we're gonna do this one scene for like twenty minutes. Like Teach. I love that. I Here's so the much thing. Fun. That's fine. You like the first hour and a half of this movie, just like everyone else. There's another hour and a half of this fucking movie. Okay, I didn't like the last hour and a half as much, but the only part I really actively hated was the final couple shots where we got out of the movie and now we're into the movie theater. I was like, we understood what you were trying to say. You didn't actually have to do this. Like, yeah. I don't need to see like shots from Marvel movies. And I Avatar. The, like, I didn't need to see Avatar in here. Like, I didn't need any of that. I didn't need him sitting in the movie theater. I didn't need that. I didn't need it at all. But that was only like three or four minutes. The way they ended it with the characters, I was fine with that. When they go on the un- in the underground and you're like in the underground fight club, no. I love that. That was amazing. That shit was dope. I'm <laughs> sorry, bro. Fire. That shit was dope. <laughs> What are we doing? 
I am an easy. Spider Man was in this movie, person. bro. And yes. he was scary and he was crazy. He Terrifying. Was, I loved it. Horrifying. Toby what did you rate this movie, Broden? I know yeah. I know you give us your, you, give us your did review. you not enjoy any part of this movie? No, I did. I like I'm I'm a little exasperated by it just because I've been thinking about it for uh, like 24 hours by the way it's this an has exhausting a, film it's yeah an exhausting film this it has is. a 55 percent uh critic score and 51 percent on rotten to yeah, audience score on rotten tomatoes no one liked this film except for y'all uh babylon's overwhelming muchness is exhausting but much overwhelming muchness it honors is it's well acted well crafted glitz and glamour can often be effective an effective distraction um I'm either like this is either a masterpiece or the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, but it ain't the second one. So. I don't think it, it's the first one either, but it's closer to the first one than it is the second one. It is so much movie. It is. It it's is a lot unbelievable. Of <laughs> unbelievable. What's the runtime? Is it like three hours? Three and, hours like and three... nine minutes. Yeah. Are you shitting me? Give me a break, Damien. Damien, chill out, Damien. <laughs> what are you cutting out? What are you cutting out? Because I could not think of anything to cut out other than the last five minutes. I literally couldn't cut out any of it. There's... You gonna cut out the snake fight? The snake fight was fucking awesome. The snake fight is the best part of the movie. No, it's not the best oh, part. Give me. But this is so dope. And we it's haven't like even mentioned Mark... sacks in the middle of this. In the middle of this movie, he didn't know what movie he wanted to make. It's like he this wanted to make the, the last movie. He knew exactly movie what movie he wanted. To make it I thought he knew brain. exactly what movie he was making. <laughs> Here's the thing. Damien Chazelle um, started making this movie uh, as soon as he lost the Oscar for Best Picture. He started writing this movie in his head. And this, this movie feels the like most, the anti-La La Land. It's it like, is the okay, most, you don't like La La Land? I'll show yeah. you. <laughs> it is the most mean-spirited retort yes, yes, yes. To, to people calling him a movie nerd whenever he made la la land and it, it really is that it just is that it is i'm gonna do la la land again but uh people are pissing and farting and shitting on each other like and getting fucked in the ass with wine bottles and stuff like here's the thing too that's fine and good damien chazelle is still a big nerd like we're sitting here going like he's like living vicariously through this. Like somebody said that this is like a narc's version of what like having to describe what a party is. And yeah, that's, that. it, it feels like that. All that to say. Uh, the performances are great, man. Incredible. Margot it, Robbie it, gave it, us like, her all, bro. She gave she us everything. Is her. Her. It, She's it, literally her. It looks and sounds great. Uh, whatever he does with the camera. There's one thing I will say about this. No matter that it's going a billion miles an hour, it never is unwatchable, I will say, because like you never lose track of actually what's happening, even mm -hmm. though it's going a bit. It feels like you're on, on cocaine for much of the first two acts of the movie. Um and then you go down some weird K it becomes like sitting in the rain on ketamine, but like mm -hmm. it is, it is just, 
all over the place. And it is a, I just think it on top of it, although you don't lose the plot, it is a mess. It's just, what else can we throw in here? What else can we throw in here? I loved it. Three hours is too long, man. Sorry. It's just too long. I'm sorry. Like that's, that's what it comes down to for most people who don't like this, this movie. They're like, it was three hours. Fuck it. Like, basically. Well, you need to decide also what you. Three hours, but I want to watch Babylon for three hours. Well, and that's the thing, too. This movie is going to be reclaimed as being like capital C cinema in like 10 years. Just in like 10 years, people are going to be like, I have this steel book. Like, this is true art. It was, Damien Ch- it was Damien Chazelle's, like, actual masterpiece outside of La La Land. but It's better than La La Land. It is better than La La Land. Mm, it's not. Yes, it is. It's literally not. But <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> it ain't, but... <laughs> it's better than La La Land. There's, but that's the whole thing. This I mean, is his response. The first man. <laughs> this is his it's response. It's definitely better than the first man. And the first to, man's people, good, to people saying, like, La La Land was... Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't even know what the, that La La Land wasn't good or that La La Land was too. Uh, it was granola. too sugary. Too yeah, too yes. granola. Like I I just think I think that's his response. But but I can't get over knowing who Damien Chazelle is, and then him being like, "This is my Wolf of Wall Street," which it clearly was stealing stuff from too all the time, and it's just like, hmm. But so I can't deny that he's a good filmmaker. He's a great filmmaker. And this this sounds incredible. It looks incredible. The score in this movie is fucking awesome, yep. even though it is basically copying La La Land again, which is very funny. Play um, the hits. The score is amazing, but play the hits. That's all he did. He played the hits. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a it C minus. It is. Un- I cannot. I cannot give it more than that. It is, it is, it, I cannot stress to you how bad of a time I had at some of these points in this movie where I was like, can we please get on with it? Let's get on with it. That'd be great. We got on with everything. <laughs> no, we didn't. We got on with everything. Yes, no, we, we didn't. Did. <laughs> he jerked himself off for 30 minutes on like one scene. And there's, there's two scenes that actually hit that are like good, really good well-produced i mean everything's well-produced but really good the 30 like 30 minute or, scene is good and well-produced it is amazing the the scene of her trying to hit her mark and everything mm-hmm. was incredible. just like i was like incredible i i thought i was gonna have an aneurysm because i was just like how many times are we gonna do this joke but it ended <laughs> up working and then the scene about legacy building and the whole Gene Smart of it all was fantastic about her being like, you're going to die and everybody you know is going to die, but eventually people will see you on screen and then you're just going to live forever. And that is fantastic. It's not the first time that it's ever been said, but it is really, really good. You know, somebody said there's like two deaths in the world is like one when you actually die and one when somebody, the last time somebody mentions your name. And that's what that whole scene encapsulated. And I thought it was brilliant. Um, too many storylines, by the way. That was another thing. There was 18 billion storylines. Either cut some of them out or uh, shorten the other ones. So, Because I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, it just... Also, not for nothing. The whole, like, v- projectile vomiting and, like, jackass of it all. 
What are we yeah. doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Incredible. We probably could have studio interfered on some of that. <laughs> Let's, uh, there okay, was a we'll... movie that came out this year, this past year, that we loved of a of a beloved R tour that the studio interfered, and it was objectively a better movie. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Northman. We love that. The Northman. We love the studio <laughs> interference because that shit would have been three hours and thirty minutes long, and we praised them for that. I want the director's Who cut of the Northman, their, but that's besides the point. I, I want the director's didn't cut. Didn't get that. their hands on this, is what I'm trying to I, say. I think our our the discourse is so nasty to me around this movie because when I left the movie theater, my my thought was Marco Roby is a fucking movie star. Yep. This is movie star shit, and everybody started the discourse of like Marco Roby's last two movies have flopped. Is she actually a movie star? That is, this is so nasty to me, guys. Uh, that's kind of beside the point. But I the hate it. it I, this is, the, the money doesn't matter to us. That's not our money, guys. She did what she had to do. She's on that. I, I think that's my favorite Margot Margot Robbie performance ever. She's had some great ones. There's no, she's never done anything like that to me. I was blown away by her performance. The music in this movie is incredible. I really, I, I like the chaos of the movie. I think it really serves to put you in the space and. As I've said on this podcast many times, when you make a movie about making movies, I'm you're already at a B for me when I sit down in the movie theater. You you already have a B. I just like movies about movies. I do agree that there's too many storylines because the black character gets basically no storyline at all. He's just there. He's just seasoning on top of everybody else's storylines, which doesn't really either make his me. not to like not to like shit on that. It's like either make his thing like a thousand times longer or like we got to we, we got to we got to take him out. I agree. Don't don't just put him there because I was waiting for them to be like, okay, but like, what's this story going to be? He's like involved. He's like in on this, and it's like he really doesn't have his own individual storyline at all. Uh, he just has a really shitty moment where uh, Manny treats him extremely badly. But even what oh, they did brother. with the Manny character, he's very good looking. They make him this hopeless dreamer who's in love with this woman that is clearly toxic, and then like the 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 industry turns him to a horrible human being. And Brad Pitt, meanwhile, just floating through life being drunk and being high and being crazy and all of a sudden he gets depressed and he does what he does. I, I just, I really enjoyed it and I would give it, it's not a perfect movie, but I would give it an A-. minus. And this is one I cannot wait to watch again. I've only seen it once. I can't wait to give him another three hours of my time to watch that movie again. It made <laughs> me watch Whiplash. Immediately I got home the next night I watched Whiplash. I just like his movies. I just think that he's made, he hasn't made anything that I don't like yet. And I think that this is going to end up very high in his in his filmography for me, probably not above Whiplash, which I think is kind of a perfect movie. But I, I've only seen La La Land once, and I haven't ever wanted to revisit it. And even though I love Emma Stone, I have not wanted to revisit it. I can't wait to watch Babylon again. I can't wait. I revisit La La Land all the time. I have it on Blu-ray. I love that, that movie. Uh, Should have won Best Picture, but that's besides the point. I that's false. That's objectively false. <laughs> I walked out of Babylon. The like I saw it when it came. Your mic's kind of like breaking. You're up choppy. A bit. I'm choppy. Am I better now? I think it might Try just it again. be I think your better internet. Now. That's fine. We'll we'll deal. Uh, but yeah, I went and saw Babylon. Uh, that first night it came out, I was one of the seven people who went and saw it opening week during Christmas. <laughs> and I walked out of it, and I was like, a lot just happened. That was weird, but the more that I think about it, the more that I'm like, that movie is awesome, dude. Like, I love that movie. It's 
obviously like a, a a gritty sing in the rain reboot like you know they do the whole thing of, of you know we're transitioning out of the silent movie era and this woman who was great in silent movies can't hack it in talking movies so we have problems but they flip that and make it super shitty and sad for her instead of like it being a joke which is I guess depending on who you ask that's interesting for some people it'll be kind of dumb but I ended up enjoying it and Margot Robbie is just so fucking good in this movie that it's hard not to really be invested in her character like she's that first party scene where she shows up in like hits that statue or whatever walks out is like on the dance floor killing it she's the center of attention the camera's like going all crazy but always following her and it feels like she's the center of the goddamn universe she, she owns that moment like because she's just so fucking good when they Facts. like put her on set and she's like crying like, on command and the, the like the director's freaking out because he's never seen anyone who could do that before you kind of feel like that just watching margot robbie normally because you're like holy shit like i've never seen anyone who can do all of like the amazing acting that she does while fucking looking as good as she does so you know you're just kind of in it with her the entire time and then as it all falls apart for her she's still like a really fucking good actor so you're like heartbroken for her and i love that part of it brad pitt um i i guess we have to uh, mention the allegations um they are the allegations so it's a little uncomfortable praising brad pitt but uh it's it's uncomfortable praising brad pitt right now as we don't really know anything and no one seems to be talking about the fact that nobody wants to talk about his all of his children uh, allegedly yeah But, but anyway he's he's good in this movie and uh you know his character is a perfect arc type for him right like the uh famous hot actor who everyone loves because he's famous and hot and then he falls off and i think that journey is like really well played by him and uh you know so i'm into his story manny maybe i could take a leave honestly i feel like you could put a lot of people in that role <laughs> um but like he's not bad in it but but it's just like you know we've seen this a thousand times from a thousand different people like anybody could probably play this role we well it was missing there. the weight it was probably missing the weight of a more famous person but i don't know who that is going to be because you kind of need this this fresh-faced like wide-eyed person yeah um, and the yeah, budget would have been even higher we've <laughs> seen it with like it's basically the toby mcguire role from Great Gatsby. like it's the same exact thing where you're like what is what is this like these rich people are crazy and then like you become corrupted by it like Okay, cool. Whatever. Like, it's not bad. Don't hate it. It's fine. Like, you know, didn't like take away from the movie for me or anything like that. It's just like whatever. Seems to me, it's fine. What was your grade? Uh, my grade is going to be. Uh, I think I'm at A minus. Yeah, the Sydney Palmer stuff. I thought it was good actually. Like they didn't. It did feel kind of thrown in there, so they could be like, okay, we do have black people in this movie. Like, you know. Uh, it's not just all white people <laughs> but yeah i thought they did it well because like, like you know he because his journey is a pretty simple one and they get it across pretty efficiently i thought uh, uh you know so that was cool with me 
uh, but yeah, just coming out of this movie, I'm like, Margot Robbie is like maybe the best like young female actress we have right now. Like, Forms like, few exist, but I, I was getting those same vibes. I was getting. Those she's same like vibes. what, thirty three, thirty four, or something like that. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anybody younger than her that I would be like, yeah, best actress born in, yeah, best actress born in the nineties. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that's like younger than her who I'd be like, oh yeah, that person is like way above Margot Robbie. Like she can never, like nah, like I think Margot Robbie is as good as anybody her age or younger for sure. I don't care if her next ten movies don't make any money. Keep giving her these checks and keep giving her these parts. I was blown away by what she did on the screen. And we have to the same screen as that a community. Was on. Like, as a community, we all have to go see Barbie eleven times. Like we have to. Margot Robbie has to beat the allegations, bro. We cannot lose Margot Robbie. For these goddamn box office flops. We have to buy a million tickets to go see Barbie. Buy all of your tickets. Get- them to buy tickets we need this not for nothing i mean this is tales old as time is is women running out of roles regardless of how they look but uh regardless of that she's going to get roles because of she's the best looking person ever uh so like tough out there so even if barbie yeah so even if barbie fly, there was times that i like just because just the way that she looks on camera there was times like in that bar scene where i was like God damn, she really looks like that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's scary. That's crazy. Like, um, but people went what, to go see Little Women and it's not even good. People are going to go see Barbie. Greta Gerwig is going to bring the women into the audience. We don't have to worry about these allegations. They're going away once Barbie drops. I'm not well, it's also called Barbie. Like people are gonna go yeah, like, exactly. People are going to go see this movie. Like it's I'm, not blaming, gonna I'm blaming Ryan Gosling if it doesn't work out. Like that's <laughs> big facts. Turn that up. Turn that shit up. Um what this movie was missing was uh, a little someone called Leo DiCaprio. Facts. Leo DiCaprio should have been the Brad Pitt role. I mean, you're right. I and... think that I like Brad Pitt's performance, but I now you got me thinking. I kind of think it has to be Brad Pitt. It's like so, it's such it's so interesting to put that character against like the background of what we know about Brad Pitt. Not talking about the allegations part. Everything else we know about Brad Pitt. Like I, I thought it really worked just because. Like, it's Brad Pitt sitting in that chair, so we're comparing the journey of his character to what we know to be, like, Pitt, yeah. old man, bad hair Brad Pitt. And I just thought that brought out the character for me in a way that it's not written on the screen, but in the performance, it's there just because he's Brad Pitt. And yeah. To me, it did a lot. There's, like, I did appreciate, like, I did, regardless of the allegations, like, we're just talking about the movie, like, but I do think that his performance like i'm not saying his performance was bad or anything like that and like who else do you get as hot aging movie star like maybe clooney but even then he's a little bit too old at that point a little bit too old yeah um i think clooney gonna die i think he could have done it um because brad pitt like (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think clooney definitely could have done it like 10 years ago i don't think clooney has as a babylon in him anymore I mean, it's out here um, on his Think at the Paradise tour. Like, he's, he ain't trying to do this kind of shit no more. Um, no, I just, I think this was, this was missing. Cause not like Brad Pitt's a, like, obviously he's not a bad actor. He's an Academy Award winning actor, but they're like, Leo's just like a better actor in general. So I just think 
that and obviously he didn't want to do it he's like you know i just did this like you know um mm-hmm. so i would i would just say that yeah dex you may like well, i'll cut this out but you may want to like uh reboot yeah it's crazy it's like we're catching like every other word you sound like agent smith uh, so let's, we'll continue here in a second. Um, but you want to read some of the winners of the golden Globes before it gets back? No, I do. I do want to hear a little bit more about what you thought about the, um, the ending of it all, because oh. it is one of the more like spit in your face endings that I've ever seen. It really in the is. Movie. It's crazy. It really is. It really is like, you are an idiot. Let me break it down to the smallest possible bite-sized bits that you can ingest. I thought it was disrespectful to the audience to make it that plain. You didn't have to do a montage of Avatar and Marvel movies. Like I just, I did not understand that. The we Matrix. That. Yeah, we didn't have to do that. We like the 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 messaging of the movie is not that difficult to grasp for whoever's sitting down to watch this rated R movie. So there's only going to be adults in there. Like, I didn't think you had to do that. I thought it was a really weird choice by someone who doesn't usually slap you in the face with it. Whiplash is very subtle. Like at, at times, at times it's in your face, but he doesn't have to tie it up in a bow. Like you just end the movie. You could have just ended the movie with him outside the movie studio. Uh, Manny's characters outside the movie studio. Boom, in the movie there. Like you didn't actually have to do the thing where he goes to the movie theater and now you're showing us contemporary films that were big blockbusters. We understand the power of movies and the power of these people and these performances living on forever. And we understand what Hollywood was to become. We know that it started where you showed us and it became this huge thing. We know that. We didn't need to see Avatar still shots. We didn't need to see that. Did you read it I, as like a, a cynical ending? I read it as very cynical, yes. Okay. Dex, let's do a mic test. Mic test, mic test. Can you hear me? Way, it's yeah, better. way better. Um, Dex, what did you think about the ending? Uh, I mean, I didn't really mind the... Uh the uh contemporary films as much as you guys did my main problem with the ending is just the fact that he had his wife singing in the rain like <laughs> like multiple times in this movie because i fucking love singing, multiple in the rain. Singing, times. Like, multiple times. singing in the rain is like i've called it the most delightful film of all time i love that movie uh probably the oldest movie i've ever seen honestly but it still bangs to this day uh um, haven't seen the quiet man you haven't seen this <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. How could I forget about John Wayne and uh, what's his name? <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I fucking love singing in the rain. I heard singing like what Babylon was about. Too. I heard what Babylon was about, and I was like, oh, so like singing in the rain. And then you watch the movie, and it's like, yes, exactly like singing in the rain. Please, please think of singing in the rain when you think of this movie. We're gonna watch it three different times, like in this movie. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that. I'm like, okay, the first time when we mentioned it, that's cool. That feels like a, like a knowing nod. All right, like yeah, I made a gritty singing in the rain. Like I've acknowledged it, but then they show it to us again and again. I'm like, can we not? <laughs> can we relax? But yeah, the the rest of it, like the contemporary movies or whatever, I was like, that's kind of corny. But like, I'm not bothered by it. The singing in the rain stuff, I was just like, bro. Like, come on. It's such a shot call to be like, compare my film to singing in yes, the rain. Yes, yes. Right now. <laughs> like, the, the comparison, again, for the third time, compare my film to singing in the rain. And I'm just going to show you random blinking lights and bright colors, like, in the middle of these 
Nearly had a stroke. Like if you, they need to put a warning at the top of this movie. You have epilepsy. Don't stay to the end. Um, but yeah, I fuck with this movie, and like the more and more that I think about it, the more that I like it. And I'm probably gonna buy it on Blu-ray when it drops because I'm one of those people who does that. But not gonna lie, the descending into hell thing. While I get it, um, oh brother, was I grossed out by that. I don't get normally grossed out by things, really. This is a guy that was laughed his, his ass off at Jackass. I was so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable. Didn't like it. The, Felt bad. Felt bad. Way more pissing this, and shitting than throwing up in this movie than necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. I really that, that scene where she's trying to hit her mark. Actually, the whole... The entire movie from where they first... Where she first shows up to... Actually, that's not true. The entire movie from the first party scene going through the first scene where she's going to hit her mark and she can't do it in the talking film is prob- maybe the most fun hour of movies I've had this year. It was so that part of the movie is so much fun. It's moving so fast. There's so much going on. And I just could not get enough of it. I, I, it was literally like, feel like I was on cocaine. If y'all I could don't not get shut the it. fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> they checked the and gate and the guy died. I'm like, bro, this is incredible cinema. I also love that when the guy dies, like the music is building and building. The music stopped when the guy dies. And then immediately you're back into another party scene. And the music's back loud again. Like it was, it was, I just thought it was so smart. Like the way. The way that the movie flows in an hour is I could not get enough of it. I was on the edge of my seat and I cannot wait. I, I literally might when I first when I get this movie either on streaming or on Blu-ray, wherever I'm gonna get it at, I might watch that hour of it by itself just first. Just I wanna feel that <laughs> feeling again. Cause that shit was so amazing and I I, I couldn't I, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. So that hour is definitely the best hour of the movie for sure. And I would have very little studio interference in that hour but everything else we can have some studio interference if that movie if the movie was just the first hour and a half two hours of the movie i think it would be but then it just is like like what are movies and what is the power of cinema (laughs) brother oh fuck it showed how much of a nerd he was even though he was trying to show us that he wasn't a nerd all he did is reinforce that he is a a big nerd Yeah, yes. I mean, we if know. you're gonna do that, you at least gotta lean into it, like Spielberg did with the Fablemans. Like the Fablemans is straight up just like, I'm a big movie nerd. It's all that, and this <laughs> is him being like, I'm not a nerd. I've had sex. I'm married. I've had sex. I've seen people do cocaine. Yeah. My brother, you went to film school and you made a movie when you were like 23. You've been doing this shit your entire life. It's not like Scorsese, who is like literal friends with gangsters. Like, I just don't, it's Fair. not like, and Scorsese is a nerd too, but like, he's like, he, he was down in the fucking, he's seen some I'm shit. He's, seen yeah, some he's shit. been down and dirty in like New York City in the 70s. Like, uh, ugh. Like, you know, David Giselle's like, I've been in California making Academy <laughs> Award winning films since I was 26. And it's just like, oh, man, like, you're a great filmmaker. This isn't, this isn't, your thing so at times to me it felt a little disingenuous that didn't take away from the whole thing of it all but uh the the hedonism of it all i guess but i very hedonistic film yeah but i just think there's points where i'm like oh fucking dude like can we this film is for the sickos bro it's for the sickos and and i'm and i was right there There is a part i am a sicko 
There's yeah, a that's... part where a person is getting fucked in the ass by a champagne bottle. Yes, that's true. And it happens early. And it happens. A it guy with gets an elephant getting on. shit on. A guy gets peed on at a party and then the chick dies. <laughs> like, and that happens in the first five minutes. Like the like the pee scene is like literally like minute four. You're like, oh, somebody's getting peed on. <laughs> oh, by the way, he, he didn't like this comparison, but it's so true. This is just Boogie Nights, too. Yeah, it, I got a lot of Boogie Nights vibes for sure. Especially yeah, in the I rise mean, and fall of it all. I mean, it's Boogie Nights. Yeah, I just didn't care about anybody or what happened to them in Boogie Nights. And That's I didn't in this movie. So, like, Boogie Nights is cool. Like, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. I like, I just, just watching it. Like, enough Confirmed to kind of here, Boogie Nights, an okay film. Yeah, Boogie Nights. Real cool. cinema. Don't do that. Uh, what, what do y'all think about these kind of smaller directors who've made very critically acclaimed stuff, but maybe did not make something that was going to make a bajillion dollars? Although they were probably making profits on their movies, we got the we got the the Northman this year. We got Babylon this year. They're letting these people take these big swings, and these people are not having box office success. But it just, it frustrates me because the narrative comes around, but it's the building is burning down around everyone. Like it's not that these people are not making good art. It's not that these people are making art that could, in a different era, maybe make a lot of money. The the Northman is great. The Northman seems like if you're in a packed movie theater, like I happen to be. It's a it's a fucking movie theater movie that you're supposed to watch it amongst a lot of people. Like, it he did his part of the movie. I think I think that whatever uh, flaws that it might be in Babylon, which are plenty of it, this is a movie theater movie. This is it's loud. You're supposed to watch this amongst people. You're supposed to laugh at all the poop jokes. Like we're supposed to watch this together. I think he made what he was supposed to make to get people in the movie theater. The reason why people aren't going to the movies doesn't have anything to do with these directors. Yet it's falling on them and it's falling on these performers, and it, it frustrates me. Because the, most of these people aren't even movie nerds like us. You shouldn't care about how much money these movies are making. Right. We barely care about how much these movies are making. And we actually pay attention to this kind of stuff. Like, who cares? Did you enjoy the, the movie or not? Are you going to go see it or not? There's a the couple dialogue of, is frustrating me. There's a couple of things here because it's like really the only person that can actually like do that now is like Jordan Peele. Um, True. Uh, like even people aren't going and seeing Spielberg movies, which is... Which is a sentence that doesn't even make sense. nuts. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just think it, there's a there's a, a a lot deeper conversation that it, it would be its own podcast that we could talk about the whole, the industry as a whole and what they do. Like, one, uh, they haven't figured out how to market in this age yet. Fact. Still. They still haven't figured out how to do it. They don't know where I hated to put the, the Babylon trailer. I yeah. hated it. I was like, this movie's gonna be bad. Like I, I, <laughs> I had I had no doubt it was gonna be bad. They they don't know where to put TV commercials because like you, you just don't see like they don't know uh, they don't know if things should like grow organically, like everything everywhere all at once, or or mm-hmm. barbarian. They don't know if they need to blitz the marketing campaign. They don't need to know if they need to like let's try to go viral like Megan or Smile or something like that. They don't know how to market these prestige movies anymore. Um, I don't have the answer. I just it's from what I've seen. Yeah, they how do you market know, the Fablemans? How do you even you know, uh, attempt to market a movie like that? Yeah, they also don't know like when we should put these things on streaming, or if mm-hmm. they should go directly to streaming, or if we should 
you know, like I said, let it build in theaters or should we just go all out and put it in theaters all at once? They just haven't been able to respond to the pandemic. And I think it eventually will work itself out, but streaming had to do with it as well as them not knowing quite how to market these prestige films that aren't Marvel or Avatar or Mission Impossible or Top Gun. And uh, how have the horror movies found a way to market their movies? So horror movies are are proof. They're just like they're pandemic proof. They are they're recession proof. They have always and will always be get asses in theaters, regardless of how much money you spend on it. Like going all the way back to uh like I don't think Rosemary's baby made that much money, but like you know, Friday the 13th and the mm-hmm. original Halloween. It goes back to that. People want to feel, so- feel something like visceral. And so teenagers too will go and see those movies. Like teenagers aren't going and seeing the Fablemans. And well, so are, there's category fraud going on because the way Megan is marketed, it's marketed as a horror movie. Megan is not a horror movie. It's a comedy. You're supposed to laugh at this movie. Like, my theater was laughing. That's just the good marketing. Time. Yeah, like there's they literally like comedies don't work, and I and I know that comedies haven't been working. But Meg, I walked out of Megan, I was like, that was literally a comedy. But they just marketed it as a horror movie, and it's genius because that gets, like you said, asses into seats. Whereas for whatever reason, comedies don't get asses into movie theaters anymore. They just don't. Yeah, I mean that's how they marketed the menu too. The menu was a black comedy. Facts. It wasn't Facts. a horror movie, and it worked for a little bit. It made it. It made its money back. Yeah, and then some, like, but I think that's a dark comedy. That that's yeah. not a horror movie at all. But back to your original question of giving these our tours money to do, like, I am okay with them doing that. And like, like Damien Chazelle earned a blank check. Now, do they do they necessarily like if they want to start selling these movies, like? You gotta have, I think, you gotta have bigger voices at the helm, and like, you just. as much as y'all love this movie like i just think that something like even though it didn't make its money something like uh uh not i keep keep blanking on it um not barbarian smile Uh, no sorry the the northman northman sorry i kept i got confused but the something like the northman to me worked better because it had it it was it was interfered with a little bit it was like somebody at the helm was like all right we need to like make this more available for the and it made more money than babylon so i just which is crazy to me to me ultimately has brad pitt in it right (laughs) and margot robbie that's crazy yeah ultimately like the, the the names in the movie don't really matter all that much anymore when it comes to like whether or not it makes money like we've seen that you know, like fucking Will Smith. Like Bullet Train should have made three hundred million dollars. Like, yeah. So ultimately, like, what what has to happen for these movies to make money in theaters? Like, first of all, there needs to be like some type of urgency to go see it immediately, right? That's what the Marvel movies actually have when it comes to getting people in theaters, because it's like, mm-hmm. if I don't go see this right now, it's going to be spoiled for me, and I don't mm-hmm. want that to happen. Like, or you know, horror movies. Um, you know, like Megan or whatever, probably not like a big like spoiler issue, but like something like the Halloween movies or something. If you're into Halloween, 
like or barbarian like you yeah. like you want to get in there before that they changed the marketing of barbarian they started putting some of the twist stuff in the new trailers you want to get in before that because we were all like what the fuck what is this movie where do we where yeah, are we going you want to get like, in there like i have to go do it right now so it doesn't get spoiled yeah. for me also if you don't have that it has to be something that it feels like everyone is going to go do like and so you want to be a part of that like top gun maverick none of us are worried about spoilers for top gun maverick but yeah everybody was going to go see it so i'm gonna go see it too like that's just what we're doing you know what i'm saying movies have to feel either urgent or like communal you have to have at least one of the two if not both marvel movies have both fortunately for them that's why they make a shit ton of money but you know top gun maverick not urgent but it's communal. Everyone is going to go do that. So I'm going to go do it. Avatar 2, no one gives a fuck about Avatar 2 spoilers, but everybody else is going to go see it. So I'm going to go see it too. Um, you know, and with a lot of movies that come out, like Babylon, I can wait for forever to go see it. Like, you're not going to spoil Babylon for me. Like, you can tell me the plot of it. Doesn't matter. Like, I'll see it when I see it. And that's also, where the streaming no else bit is of all this. Yeah, that's yep. where the streaming bit of all that. this has kind of ruined it because it's like, like, Look, as much as we talked about it not making any money, like we said at the beginning, Banshees of Inisherin has now reached the, yep. the number of people that they were looking for it to reach, including me, because I didn't get to go see it. There's also yeah. something to be said too about uh, these studios, even though they want to market it toward for like awards and like get that there ha- there's something about it. They just don't put these movies in enough theaters. Like Banshees of Inisherin was on like one screen in my in my you know mid-sized town that I live in. So like that has to change too. That has to go back to like they somewhere along the way, executives made the decision to pull the plug on these movies. One, either way too early, or two, like not put it on enough screens, like for middle I'll just call myself middle America to go and, and see this shit. Now, maybe there's numbers to say that it doesn't matter because they're not going to go see the movie anyway, but it's like the opportunity isn't even there for some people. I have an, I have another big issue and I don't mean to become a legal nerd about this, but some of this is on the legal side. They have no flexibility to determine how we should deliver something to streaming or when we should deliver something to streaming because that's decided before the movie hits theaters. So your, your, when you hit streaming and how you hit streaming should be just as strategic as the date you pick for the movie theater. But right. it can't be because you don't know how the movie is going to be received. But some of these movies, you have to get into the hands of people. You know, if they're not seeing it in the movies, like The Northman, you need to get it to them because that movie could have had a much bigger moment. Although we don't know what the dollars are on streaming versus the movies, obviously. But it could have had a much bigger cultural moment if everybody was watching The Northman on Netflix and it was the coolest thing to come out that week and people were like, I don't know everything about Robert Eggers, but this movie is a fucking uh, adrenaline rush and I love it and I want to make memes of it. Like, th- that movie could have served that purpose, but because it took so long, I don't even know if The Northman streams now. I'm sure that it does now, but it's not like it ever had a moment when it hit streaming and then people found it like Banshees. People didn't find The Northman. Only people that saw The Northman were people that saw it in theaters. And that's bad. That's, that means you dropped the ball. People are like finding bullet train and the menu right now yep you know how many of the menu memes are on my timeline they're yeah, everywhere and that, that was so, that was so predictable everywhere i yeah. literally predicted after like 
immediately after I walked out of the movie theater, I was like, this shit is going to end up on Hulu or HBO Max or something, and people are going to be like, whoa, this new Ian Taylor Joy movie is crazy. Why didn't no one tell me about this? It's like, bro. And it's not even that good, but everyone's talking about it. Everyone's watching it now. You have to. My coworkers to at work were talking about it the other day because they just saw it because it just popped up on HBO Max. I don't know. I don't have the answers to it. I do. I do think it's worth giving people more money to make their movies. Uh, I don't. I think it's an impossible task to continue to like ask Damien Chazelle to be like, go make La La Land, which was forty million dollars, and make four hundred million dollars, which is what happened. But that was also like 2019. We just don't do that anymore, or 2018. But like it, it. I think it becomes either either. Here's the thing: either you got to make your money, your, your movie now for no money, and hope that it makes like 50 million dollars, or you got to spend a billion dollars on it and like blow it out. So somewhere like this, somewhere in the like. 50 to 100 million dollar range for making movies may be dead and i don't have the answer quite for that uh but it just it kind of just is what we're looking at right now and yeah. everybody has gotta, like the director's got to get to a point where they can answer why do i need to go see this movie right now like why right. sure. why shouldn't yeah. i wait to go watch this at home like is it fucking Tom Cruise is in fucking jets with IMAX cameras. And so like this shit will hit incredibly different in a theater. Okay, cool. That makes sense. I'm gonna go watch the shit in theater. If it's, uh, well, you'll just get to experience the magic of Colin Farrell and his Irish accent, like arguing with his friend on a big screen. Nah, fam, like that's not gonna cut it. You gotta, you gotta give people a little something more than that. You know what I'm saying? Like those, yeah. Those kind of and movies, like you're not going to be able to make a shit ton of money. That kind of that kind of sucks, though, because yeah, like you know, like I like I don't mind watching things at home. Like Banshees of Inisherin is definitely one of those things where it's like I'm gonna turn my subtitles on. That's a whole movie. You need subtitles, yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna have I'm gonna I'm gonna have a drink and like watch watch these Irish people fight. But like I think that's where it's kind of like I think we more so than anything else, I think we just probably need to accept that this is where the adult mid-tier drama goes now is is the it, it just it just is and people like us that grow have grown up going to movie theaters and people even you know older than us in their 40s and 50s which have really adopted not going to the movie theater by the way like people that movie nerds like on podcasts are like we just don't get to go to the theater to see like uh you know dangerous liaisons anymore or anything like that we don't get to go to the theater to see these movies that came out in the 90s and 2000s i just i think we just got to probably accept that i think that's just like it sucks that everything that you have to go see in the movie theater is a blockbuster um because i like just going to the movies to go see like whatever uh i can't even think of a like the menu like i enjoy going and seeing that but yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm there every week. I love that shit too. I'm bothered by the menu discourse. I'm extremely bothered by it. I don't <laughs> know how it happens that something like the menu, which is fine, it's not bad, it's not good. Something like the menu has had everybody on the timeline talking about it for the last week or maybe two weeks. That is so strange to me. 
a fucking Michael Bay movie came out this year that nobody saw, and it never had a moment. And whether you like it or not, Michael Bay has been known to put asses in seats. He makes popular movies for Americans and people that live in the Midwest, and they can enjoy the movie and turn their brain off. I don't know how a movie like Ambulance isn't streaming somewhere and being talked about on the timeline for its own week or two weeks. I don't understand how it's weird to me. Also depends on what streaming service. It also depends on what streaming service it goes to. HBO and Disney and uh, Netflix, regardless of what we think of Netflix, still have a chokehold on this. That's what happened to She Said. No one's seen it. It's sitting right there on Peacock. Nobody has Peacock. So (laughs) no one's seen the movie. I have, but like that's because I made someone give me their Peacock password because I don't have Peacock either. So I had to go search out this movie as opposed to on Netflix. I can just open it and it's right there and everybody has a Netflix account. So everyone's going to click something that stinks like Kaleidoscope and no one's going to click the Northman because no one knows what the fuck it is. Yeah. yeah I, I also Ambulance think that like, is on Prime Video, which everyone has, but no one uses. <laughs> no one uses because their no UI sucks. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Everybody has that shit. We all have Prime. It comes with it. Nobody uses that shit. Uh man, until the boys come out, I'm not touching that shit. Or until un, un uh, unbreakable. Uh, I'm not opening that until unbreakable comes back or the yeah. boys comes back. That's or invincible, it, sorry, yeah. Or invincible. Yeah, I yeah, those are the nope. only two. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I do think that but, well that's the thing though, T, right? Is like what we're talking about. We're going long on the subject, but like when a it, these like mid tier but decent you know mid to decent movies get dropped on it, it becomes it instantly bumps it 10 points for everybody else mm-hmm. we've seen it we've seen it in theaters not to say that we're better than you or anything we we're we are though we just, we just like, go, i mean we are but we just go to the movies more than y'all we just are yeah. always at the movies. but that's the thing you got to sit down and you got to watch a good movie at home because most people associate movies at home with whatever shitball things that netflix will pump out in droves yep and People's which is expectations like the, are so much lower for streaming yeah movies. that's the yeah, thing that's fair and then all of a sudden they put these good movies on there and they have this moment because there are people like, why didn't I hear about Bullet Train? It's so much fun. And it's like, fuck. We tried to tell you. Yeah. We sat there for two hours on this podcast trying to tell you. Yeah. But yeah, I said like when, when Prey came out and it was like straight to Hulu or whatever and people are like, this could have been in theaters. I'm like, Y'all wouldn't have gone and seen it in theaters. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone to see it in theaters, but it would, it turned out to be awesome. But yeah, your expectations are lower when you just go to Hulu and click on a movie. They're much lower. Yeah, they're much lower. And everyone's like, oh, this is awesome. Like, what what, what the fuck? Like, this is dope. You know, like that doesn't that doesn't happen with movie theater movies. People are like, you know, a strange world would have dropped straight to Disney Plus instead of flopping in theaters. People would have been like, oh, that was cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of being like, well, this kind of sucks. Like, you know. Dropping it's like that's cool. It sucks because there's also no way to technically really recoup the money that when these movies drop really straight to these streaming services, because where they recoup the money really is at the box office. Like you have our ticket, yes, already to Netflix. Like we have purchased our ticket every single month to Netflix, but me watching it eighteen thousand times doesn't give you more money. So that's it why they're bleeding money. Not, it, it does, but not on a scale that we understand as the people on the outside. Uh, like there is money generated every time somebody clicks on, but it's like a microtransaction versus you got to pay $14 minimum no matter where you live in the country to go see a movie these days. 
that's fourteen dollars every time we go see Top Gun three times, like we all did. They made you know fifty dollars on us, and so you're not going to get fifty dollars by somebody watching your streaming thing at home two times. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, the 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 death of the mid size movie is something that we have lamented several times on this podcast. We don't necessarily have the answer to it, but it is also, an interesting quick throwaway. We don't have to have a full conversation here. We I'm just gonna say it again. I think T's already said this a little bit. Margot Robbie is a movie star. Fuck you. I don't care. Thank you. Turn it up. She's the closest thing. I think she's the closest thing to like a almost even she didn't take as many chances as the, but like Julia Roberts that we have in the, in the mm-hmm. 2010s. That's, and that's Sydney Sweeney is about to save rom-coms. Rom-coms are coming back because Sydney Sweeney is going to save them. And we're going to appreciate that. It's coming. Sydney Sweeney is really like that. Help us on the way. Help us on the way. I'll believe you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she's look, man, I don't want to be a chauvinistic or whatever, a pig, but she's great to look at. Like, okay. She's also I will, a great actress. She's I will both. say though, there is that gap where it's like Margot Robbie is, obviously one of the most beautiful people in the world but you you can watch her and you can be like oh yeah she's for sure a really good actress you got whatever it sydney, is sydney sweeney you watch sometimes and you're like i don't know if she's a good actress or if she's good looking i've come around and like figured out oh she's just good but you know there's still that question there with margaret robbie she's, zero doubt she is putting up numbers on euphoria brother and that's why you don't see it because you don't watch television Royden. but she puts up <laughs> numbers in euphoria bro she uh, puts up numbers um speaking of television they those were also awarded at the golden globes we don't care about care about that that much other than like abbott elementary which won uh two awards shout out justice for my son from uh everybody hates chris we talked about (laughs) (laughs) we talked about the return of the golden globes a little bit a couple of podcasts ago but if you didn't know there was Allegations of impropriety, racism, sexual assault against uh, members of the Hollywood Foreign Press who run the Golden Globes. Last year, the Globes wasn't even fucking on TV. It just, they did, nope. Yeah, um, they buried these allegations like Dana White, bro. Let's, uh, they, let's they ran not a campaign. do that. Yeah, which at any given time was the probably second most important, air quote, like these aren't important, but they are important award show was was the golden globes um did how much it had an effect on the actual oscars race is up for debate year over year i I believe like sometimes more of the award shows that you don't see like the producers guild the directors guild the writers guild awards like weigh in more to the to the actual like uh they're on nominations yeah predict it like a lot better yeah, the Golden Globes, what historically has been a night to honor multiple films and see all the Hollywood beautiful people get drunk. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, it kind of but, bridges that gap between like the Oscars and the Emmys. Like The Emmys is the most important TV thing. The Oscars is the most important movie thing. But then the Golden Globes kind of splits the difference like by doing yeah. both. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, historically, it was a time for all the Hollywood foreign press to come in, rub elbows with Hollywood stars, um, as you're known to do. Um, But that being said, it was back this year uh, trying to rebrand itself to some success, to no success. I have no idea. Uh, I just kind of care about who's winning awards, actually, at this point, Uh, as far as the show goes. Do we have anything to say about like the show host Gerard Car- Gerard Carmichael 
Um, I didn't watch it to be honest with you, so I don't know. I didn't watch it either, oh, but I liked I Carmichael, but I didn't watch it. Ooh, fucking brother. He um look. I don't know if it landed. Like I his 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 goal was to be up there and be just like I think he thought that his goal was to I'm going to make everyone uncomfortable and it is now their problem. And that's fine and good. Uh, just, I don't necessarily know how the jokes land and it's tough to land the jokes in that room, but like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did it for years. So yeah, street saying he lost the room. Like I, like I said, I didn't watch it, but you know, I listened to other movie podcasts and some of them were actually at the golden Globes last night in the room and all that. And they were talking about how like, you know, during the commercial breaks or whatever, uh, right before they come back on air, Gerard Carmichael is going up there, like telling people to calm down because they're drunk and rowdy, and like he's wanting them to be quiet because the show's about to come back on. And they're like, "Well, fuck this guy!" Like you know, <laughs> he came back on TV one time and said, "Shut the fuck up." Yeah. Like, so, like, oh brother, he lost the room, and then when you lose a room and you're doing a like a live studio audience kind of thing, telling jokes, buddy, it's tough out here. So, like I said, I didn't watch it, but it sounds like it didn't go too well for him. I don't think he'll be back. Yeah, I don't think it'll be back either. Um, but just to say that, let's do a quick rundown. I mean, uh, uh, of some of these awards, best motion picture, musical or comedy. The winner, of course, is Banshees of Inner Sheeran beating out everything everywhere all at once, which is tough. Uh, Babylon was also nominated in that category. Glass Onion uh, and Triangle of Sadness also were nominated in that category. Banshees won. We talked about that. Best motion picture, Grama. This was interesting. Avatar The Way of Water was nominated. Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. The Fablemans came away with the win, giving it maybe a little bit of a boost. Good sign. It was like maybe losing some momentum. It was. It was. But, yeah, I think they're they're firmly back in it at this point. Is it going to come out, like, uh, before the Oscars? Are people going to be able to actually fucking see this film, or are we just going to keep it It's on VOD. I have no idea. If they're smart, they have to. They you have to like know. throw it on, even like Paramount or whatever it is. I, yes, I don't put know. it on something. Let Hulu, people see the movie. maybe. I don't know who owns this, but like, I don't, I don't know. I have I'm no idea. You really like, and that's the thing that we didn't talk about either. There's this weird limbo period where they'll put it on VOD and still kind of keep it in theaters, but then not release it on streaming. Just at this point, just put it on streaming, <laughs> like. Hey, Hollywood, I speak for all of us. We're not clicking that VOD shit, brothers. We know it's no. coming to streaming. We're not clicking VOD. We either see it in a the movie theater or we see it on streaming. That middle uh, area that you're trying to create with VOD, we're not paying $25 to sit at home, bro. We're not doing I that. wish I'm they sorry. would just, like, tell us how many people have bought it on VOD. Because, like, there are... <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> there are old people who, like, just buy shit on VOD. Like, they have money... They like watching movies, but they ain't leaving their house. Like, fuck it. I'll pay $20 to watch The Fablemans. Like, yeah, I'll do that. that. Steven Spielberg's a nice Jewish boy. I'll pay my guy some money. So I just want, like, just tell us. Okay, uh, fucking The Fablemans did X hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on VOD. Elvis put up fucking numbers on VOD. Elvis went crazy on VOD before it dropped on HBO Max. They don't, like, just put dollar figures on. They don't. Yeah, they don't put that in. Factor that into the box office, which I think is really weird. Yeah, just the don't woman king. The woman king is actively trying to run an Oscar campaign right now. Today, they are trying to run an Oscar campaign, 
And Can't find what it. better way to run that campaign than to put that shit out on Netflix and let the whole world watch the movie because the movie's great and, and it's a fucking movie that people will really enjoy and everyone can be talking about it. But instead, the Woman King is sitting on VOD just dying over there. Why? I think they've run the worst Oscars campaign. I mean, that's fair. I, I agree. They didn't. That. They didn't get out ahead of it at all when it first came out. They kind of just let it sit there, and then all of a sudden, people were like, "Maybe this will be nominated for Oscars." They were like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait!" Like, you know, yeah, I don't think they. The, I don't think like they, they thought they had an Oscar yeah, picture like on their hands. Yeah. Oh, and people were like, "Oh, this is good. Y'all should run this for Oscars." And they were like, hey, "Wait, what? Huh?" They're like, "Wait, what? What? <laughs> you liked it? Really? Ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes? What?" Yeah, exactly. Like a A plus cinema score, you know. Like, oh shit! Maybe, maybe I'm putting too much importance into awards, and I understand that, and I know that all they really care about is money. I understand that, but if you, the hard part is making a piece of art that people want to elevate. When you make the actual art, you should have everything set up perfectly so that you could, you're gonna make more money if it is a real Oscar contender. So it really benefits everybody that when we make some fire. We set everything as we mobilize everything in the direction of let it run its campaign. But you can't run a campaign on a movie that no one has seen. You just can't do it. It, it doesn't. It usually doesn't work. There are some. There are some. Um, you know, outliers that have had that happen and won Best Picture or won a lot of the Oscars. But for the most part, the movies that win Oscars below and above the line are the movies that people have seen and people have a relationship with, or that made a lot of movie money in theaters. But you have to. It has to have some cultural relevance. Which we can't gauge when no one can watch the Fablemans. No one can find it. It's nowhere. Yeah. The Woman King you made its money back it. too. What? I was gonna say yeah, the Woman did. King made its money back too, but it's like they could have made so much more money. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think Viola Davis is still definitely in the mix there because I think like some of like that spot for best actress is open. I think, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah. Uh, um. Best uh, best motion picture foreign language. This one's going to be interesting because I think this actually has like best picture um, consequences. I guess is is the term. But uh, RRR, which TG Love was seen, uh, was nominated. All Quiet on the Western Front, which has an outside shot of actually making it into the best picture. Argentina, nineteen eighty five movie, which a lot of people love, but I, you know, nobody again, nobody is seeing close. Have y'all seen All Quiet on the Western Front? Not yet. No, that. That's the thing, and a lot of people have said it's awesome, and it dropped straight to Netflix, which yeah. is like it was like a straight up Netflix release from the beginning. Yeah. Decision to leave, it. which people love from South Korea. Um, all of these, maybe not close from Belgium, but like all of these now have a shot to make an outside shot to like get into the best picture race. I think it may go to All Quiet on the Western Front, but I would not be shocked at all if RRR somehow sneaks in there all on top of on top of all that it those weren't the ones that won argentina 1985 is the one that it, that came away with the win actually honestly couldn't tell you anything about that movie i legitimately know nothing about it other than what it's called uh but yeah I'll it's, a, it's on... a law film it's a courtroom drama i think pass i will Wait, watch what it movie is a law film Argentina, nineteen eighty-five. I believe it's. Um, I believe it's some lawyers fighting against a uh, a communist regime. I believe or a dictatorship in Argentina. It it it'd have to get the best picture nomination for me to sit down and watch it. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, That's good. But yeah, all quiet on the Western Front. I think is probably the best shot of the 
foreign movies to get a Best Picture nomination just because it's like everywhere on the Oscars shortlist. It's on the shortlist for score and like uh, cinematography, I think, and like a few other like kind of big categories where they put out Oscar shortlist. Also, it's a legacy film. Yeah. Um, it showed up on the Oscar shortlist everywhere. So people are like, oh shit, all quiet on the Western front. Well, we sleep. We might have been asleep. So uh, that's one to definitely check out. Sight unseen. Like if I had to pick a foreign movie to go into Best Picture, I would pick that one. I think that okay. I think that probably is going to knock out something along the lines of Glass Onion or uh, I think Elvis is going to get in. Uh, Elvis here is we probably are. in at this point. Glass Onion is not going to be a Best Picture nominee, is it? I, 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 think it I don't. I don't see it at this point. Really? Um, I think it might. No, I don't think so. I don't hey, bro, I think ten movies is a lot of movies. I, I True, think the top Top Gun's going to be in there over Glass Onion, and I don't think Top Gun's going to make it. I'm getting scared I, for Top Gun. I I can see them both making it. What? I can see them both. I can see them both. I think it. if they're going to put no something, way. I think they're they're going to put their money behind All Quiet on the Western Front and go in for like that that one Oscar. Um, the best screenplay for a motion picture: Todd Field nominated for Tar, Tony Kushner, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Daniel Kwan, Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Mark McDonough wins for the banshees of inner sheeran and sarah polly for a uh, woman talking um that's some bullshit I'm, guys that's some bullshit i don't I'm, like that i don't like that as a sign he's gonna win that by the way which i'm kind of upset because that feels like the one area that the daniels could come away with a win um right now it looks like it's shaping up to have only one oscar win uh, he's gonna win that award banshees the yeah, director, he's gonna win that? one thousand percent. No way, I'm betting yeah. against that. He's won it before. He has the playwright before. People love his movie. The Academy loves his movies. He will. I will put all of my money that they that he will win that award. Oh my god! Screenplay you're talking about. Yep, Screenplay. there's some real cinema in the category. That category was stacked. I haven't seen women talking. Well, all those other movies are really here's the thing. Well, no, the again, it. So he's no one. It's an original it. screenplay, right? Uh yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I that's know the, there's a fucking fancy Venetian book or what, but no. But it's not uh, gonna win best picture, right? You're saying that's the only thing that's the only Oscar they're gonna win is, but not best picture. No, I was saying I was that. saying I'm I'm worried that the only Oscar that everything everywhere all at once is going to win, if not best picture, is going to be best uh, supporting actor for Kiwi Kwan. They might also win best actress, and 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 Yo won yeah, it's a Globes. That's I, think, I think that one's a two-horse race at this point. Yeah, let's get down to the the acting categories. Best actor in a supporting role in any motion picture in any motion picture: uh, Brennan Gleeson, Barry Kewen, Brad Pitt, Kiwi Kwan, Eddie Redmayne for the Good Nurse, which is like ew. Yeah, I know y'all didn't watch the Good Nurse, but like what? Uh, the Golden Globes just does Babylon? some dumb shit sometimes. Yeah, Brad What's Pitt. The Brad Pitt nomination for Babylon. 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 Okay. Bullet Train. Uh, <laughs> Kiwi Kwan wins, and he gave – you've probably seen it on Twitter. He gave an outstanding speech talking about Steven Great Spielberg um, giving him his first roles and uh, him thanking everybody and saying, you know, like you, you've heard the story that he's been telling on the campaign trail about he was done acting basically and came back and did the whole thing. It was, it, it was legitimately like heartwarming and can bring a tear to your eye. If you haven't seen it, I suggest checking it out. But Kiwi Kwan – uh wins who if you're listening to this and you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once he was the kid from the 
from the second Indiana Jones movie and the Goonies. He was Data from the Goonies. Quit acting and then came back and is now probably going to win an Oscar. Only uh, quit acting the only... he couldn't get a job. He yeah, he like couldn't get a job because of racism. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only category I'd call a lock right now. Is he's yeah. winning that award. Best actress in a supporting role, any motion picture. Angela Bassett wins for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which I think is a lock, actually. Carrie Condon, The Banshees of Anna Sheeran, Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Dolly DeLeon, Triangle of Sadness, and Carrie Mulligan, she said. Um, I believe that Everything Everywhere All at Once is probably going to end up splitting the vote at the Oscars because um, I, I believe that... Uh, Oh, I'm blanking on her name. Is it um, Stephanie Sue? Stephanie Sue is probably going to get in for the Oscars, which she should be because I don't, you know, her part's way better than Jamie Lee Curtis's part, to be completely honest. But mm-hmm. um, I think Angela Bassett's going to win this one for the Oscars. I'm down. after the after I this this Let's winning this award. I think that's going to happen. Also, she still looks incredible. Thank you very much. Um, still to this oh, day, still. yeah, that category honestly might be. Well, no, there's a ton of other interesting categories. I was going to say that might be the most interesting one. But uh, both of the the interest categories are insane. It's going to be fucking pens and needles figuring out who wins that shit. Well, it's it's funny because they did the supporting actors in any motion picture, but they did, I think maybe to shorten it, but they did the best actor and best actresses in the musical or comedy and then the best, you know, drama. So... We'll go like Colin Farrell wins for the Banshees of Inner Sheeran for musical or comedy. But then you go down. Here's the ones who's actually competing against Austin Butler, Brendan Fraser, The Well and Elvis. Uh, Hugh Jackman was nominated for The Sun, a movie that I don't I haven't seen anywhere. That hasn't uh, come out yet. Yeah. Bill Nye for Living. Jeremy also, Poker. Come out yet. Uh, the in- Inspection. Um, of course, Ray Fiennes, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig, and Diego Calva were also nominated for musical or comedy. So Colin Farrell wins in musical or comedy. Here's where it gets contentious. Austin Wait, what's not- the Driver nomination from? White, White noise? noise. Yeah. A movie that no one even talked about. Nope. Um, but Austin Butler wins for Elvis. Ew. <laughs> Why? You know how much I hate Elvis, but I didn't hate his performance. I'm he was good in that. Much. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I, I just I don't, don't like Elvis. I just, yeah, I don't like. I don't, like, I don't like Elvis. Like, okay, I like Elvis as a movie. I don't love it. I, I don't want that to win any other awards. But yeah, this is not a Rami Malek situation where I'm like, fuck you. Like, I don't want you to win this award. It feels uh, like it Austin a Butler little was bit. Good. It, fe- it just feels like a just. I don't. I I just. At this point in movie going, like giving awards to the impression, doing an impression of a person, I just, I'm not quite there anymore. And yeah, like, that's fair. It just, we did it for Rami Malik and I didn't like it then. But Rami, and, Rami Malik was bad though. Well, the problem is we should have <laughs> never done it for Rami Malik and then we could have more openly done it for Austin Butler. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> Rami Malik was bad in that movie and he's bad in. Every other movie that everything, I've seen him in. so that's <laughs> that's the problem with the Rami Malik win for me. It's not that it was an impression; it's that he is. Bad. He's actively bad, guys. I'm sorry, <laughs> iRobot or whatever that shit is called. Nobody wants to watch that shit. This guy can't act. I'm Mr. Sorry, Robot, iRobot. 
Whatever that <laughs> shit is called. Whatever it is. I ain't watching that act, shit. Guys. I get Robbie Malik off of our TV screens. We What's want less Robbie Malik. What, less, less. What's crazy to me is how much steam Brennan Fraser has run out of, and I think that just has to do with the movie. Good. Yeah, <laughs> because people hate the movie. Yeah, the performance um, he was, is so good, but that movie's not, not it, man. <laughs> Have y'all seen it? No, it's Dude, still playing no. in theaters here. I need to go and check it out. <laughs> Everyone hates it so much that I realized I'm not gonna put myself through it because I, I don't. I, his movies are. I watch Mother in the movie theater, and I was just sitting there, and I was just like, "Yo, what the fuck am I watching? What is actually <laughs> happening? Why did I subject myself to this?" I don't love his movies other than uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream, which I really love. But even that is a very tough watch, an extremely tough watch, and I just don't like his movies that much. With the whale, it's like the movie itself isn't like super disturbing or anything like that like I, I haven't seen mother but i assume it's like a bunch of fucked up imagery from what i've heard the whale the problem is it's just he's fat that's the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> he's fat and he hates religion and that's it like there's nothing nothing else is going on sadie sink plays like the worst character i've ever seen in my fuck she's awful she's like the not the performance it's like just the character like it's just an awful person and she's like one of four people that's in the movie it's like this fucking this stinks but brandon frazier is really good the movie sucks it's just i see it like running out of steam in real time even though he's campaigning and doing the whole thing it just is Bro, you're not gonna win an he... academy award in 2023 for playing a fat person that's never going to happen well like, it wasn't it was it was more so, so everybody needs a story it was more of the story of brendan frazier than anything else that's true he's until we story. all actually the movie like because all, all of that shit was happening when people had only seen it in venice or whatever and we're giving him applause and all this shit and then real <laughs> people, people watching it. <laughs> and saw this in theaters and we're like wait what <laughs> i will <laughs> i'll say so this though that? too <laughs> but for austin butler the austin butler of it all uh if he gets on stage and accepts an oscar in his elvis voice i'm going to do that i'm going have to have to a heart that. attack i'm we don't have going to, do to die please don't do it austin please we don't have to do that just be honest awesome. there you're from Anaheim. <laughs> I just need us normal to make sure, make absolutely certain that we announce best actor either way before or way after we do the Oscar like acknowledgement thing and acknowledge that Lisa Marie Presley has died. Do not, do fucking Wait. not. Did she? Did she die? Tonight, I, yeah. today. Got, I knew she got she had a cardiac event. I know she died. Yeah. Do, do fucking not. Do the thing. Don't do it. Did with Chad Don't do it. Where it's like, Don't oh shit, this, this is gonna be the moment where they uh like we just we saved it till the end. This is the time they're gonna like acknowledge Havoc Bozeman. It's gonna close the show. That's gonna be so great. And then you give the award to somebody else. Don't do that shit. All right. <laughs> so keep that shit as separate as possible. Unless you fucking know for sure that he is going to win the award and is going to go up there. I couldn't believe they did that, bro. Like, don't bro, do don't not, set it up like that. Do not set that shit up at all. Keep it as separate as humanly possible. I don't know, man. Him just getting on stage and being like, I just want to thank my mama and uh, everyone else who has helped me during this. And it's like, brother, 
No, this is <laughs> your time to shine, Austin Butler. Be Austin Butler. Charm us. Be yourself. It will Although play somebody, somebody did say if uh, if a Mouseketeer from Canada, Ryan Gosling, can act like he's in a Scorsese film for his entire career, then <laughs> I'll allow Austin Butler to do whatever he is, whatever it is he's doing. Um, real quick, we, we got to get out of here. We're going long, but like uh, best actress in a motion picture. This is the biggest category. Um, drama went to Kate Blanchett, the God, as we all all thought. The God. Um, Viola Davis was also nominated. Ana de Armas for Blonde, like who, brother? Uh, No, get Blonde the fuck out of here. That is not real cinema. Get it out. See, that's like some Golden Globes bullshit right there. Yes, facts. They wanted to have Ana de Armas at the show. Um, Olivia, that Golden Globe shit at the Oscars. It will not be mentioned at the Oscars once. And Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light, Viola Davis, The Woman King, Ana de Armas, Blonde, Michelle Williams for The Fableman. Uh, so Kate Blanchett wins for Tar. And then, of course, uh, musical or comedy, it goes to Michelle Yeoh. The other uh, guy. For, every, for everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a two-woman yeah. race. It's a two-woman race. Right. Um, also nominated there were, were Emma Thompson, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. That movie fucking sucked. <laughs> Motion picture or comedy, that musical or comedy. They don't make they don't make musicals and they don't make comedies anymore. So I put this at a number like seventy three on my list from last year. That shit sucks, dude. I didn't realize she got nominated. Holy shit! Leslie anyway. Manville, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Margot Robbie, uh, Babylon, and Anya Taylor Joy. The menu. And Michelle Wuyo wins for everything, everywhere, all at once. Margot should get the Oscar nom. Is she getting it or not? She no. should get it. I don't think that she is, but she fucking should get it. She should get it. She deserves it. I think uh, uh, Babylon's going to be nominated for some below the line awards. Uh, I don't, Almost certainly. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get any um, acting nominations or like screenplay or anything like above the line. I, awards. So who's, I, I don't know. Who's going to be our field for best actress? I think it's going to be, if I had to pick right now, Michelle Yeoh, Michelle Williams, Kate Blanchett, uh, Viola Davis is going to sneak in there as well. And something tells me that Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light is going to sneak in there, even though no one saw that movie. And I think critics didn't like it as much, but the, the, the Academy loves movie, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the critics love uh, but the Academy Olivia loves Coleman Olivia Coleman. nominated every year. So yeah. that, that, that's probably a good bet. But I'm just... There should be some Margot Robbie talk there. Uh, there won't, but I won't be shocked. But I'm not. But like, I'm just not banking on it. You know what I mean? Also, how cool would it yeah. be to have Margot Robbie right there at the Oscars, actually in an award contention? We know she's not going to win, but just having her be involved in the process just sounds like what we do for our television show. So look out for that. Yeah, as long as she's not there wearing Chanel again, we have to stop that. We have to end that partnership. For the her. thing that we all care about. Um, <laughs> Best director for a motion picture. Uh, this one's an interesting race. James uh, Cameron, Avatar Way of Water, Daniel Kwan, Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Baz Luhrmann for Elvis, okay, uh, Mark McDonough Get for The Banshees of Inishirin, and Steven Spielberg actually wins for The Fablemans, which furthers my theory they're going to give him that Oscar. They're going to give him That's that. That's a nasty group of nominees the Golden Globes just gave us for Best Director. That is a nasty group. I'm it's going to be the ones that are up there, Bubba. No, it's not. No, it is not. No, it is not. You Avatar being in Best Director and Tar not being in Best Director, that is not going to happen. Tar has to that be in Best Director. It has to. That is not going to happen. 
No fucking way that Tar has to. And be also, Baz Luhrmann won't be anywhere near best director. Stop it, Royden. Stop it. Guys, not I don't be anywhere near best director, guys. Baz I don't Lerman, know. I don't know if you know. People don't like Tar. Like regular people don't like Tar as much as we like Tar. But the Baz Academy Lerman, does. Baz do Luhrmann is yes. The Academy. They yes, do. They, they do. fucking love it. All the olds love Elvis. That's all I'm saying. There's so many Baz old Lerman, people still in the academy. Here's my hot take prediction: You will not see Baz Luhrmann mentioned in this show. He will be nowhere near best director. Austin Butler will be the only thing coming for this film is that potential win. He's definitely going to be nominated. Elvis not going to be best picture. Elvis not going to be best director. It's I not going to be another screenwriting ones. It's out of here, bros. It's going to get a song, and it's going to get Austin Butler. That's it. Okay. Is it gonna get a song? Does it have it. original songs? Or yeah, I guess it does. It has like Doja, Doja Cat, Cat nominee. They have a Doja Cat song. <laughs> I don't uh, remember whether or not it was on the short list. I know uh, my queen Rihanna will be there. Hopefully, she performs. But we'll see. Uh, another thing too, uh, Justin Hurwitz won for Babylon for best uh, for best original score. It's like the fourth time he's worked with Damien Chazelle and the fourth Golden Globe he's ever won. So that's actually incredible. He'll probably, he may have a chance to actually win uh, the Oscar for that. But um, yeah, that's, that's it. We'll have a better idea of act, the actual Oscars race. I think once the SAG awards uh, wrap up, those nominations came out today. We're running along. So I don't want to like go through all of those, but um, once the SAG awards, I think are held, I think, that may have taken the place of the Golden Globes as far as not as like viewership, but as far as like meaning more oh, yeah, to the Oscars. The Guild definitely means more. The Producers Guild, Directors Guild, Screen Actors Guild all mean more than the Golden Globes for sure. Yeah. So uh, we'll have a better idea of what the Oscars actually look like. Uh, our next episode is going to be, I believe, Megan. Um, and we're going to wrap up 2022 finally, a month into 2022 three we're going to wrap up our best films of 2022 i think you all have some idea of what those are but uh we'll take a look back at 20 the year in film the great year in film of 2022 incredible Uh, cinema incredible cinema you can find us at the one take pod one take podcast on twitter one take pod uh on instagram and tiktok the like follow us on all those platforms go like download and subscribe give us a five-star rating please give us a rating on on spotify i know a lot of y'all download us on spotify just swipe swipe five stars on spotify we really appreciate that you can find dex uh at lord dex hinton you can find teej at less underscore humble teej at royden ogletree we write for apollo h-o-u Dot com Dex writes for Screen Rant. Go check out those articles. And uh, Teej has a college football podcast because TCU got that ass beat. Um, got that ass whooped in front of the hose and God. And that nasty. The biggest sucked. bowl game loss of all time. Like since the history of bowl, bowl games, like all of them. That the was the biggest loss ever. In, the best season in TCU history ended with no conference championship. No national championship and the biggest bowl game loss that has ever happened in front of the hose. That's welcome to back to the poverty. Welcome back to the dirt, bro. I, you really love I believe it. in this country again. I feel proud <laughs> to be an American. Anything is possible. I was, I was <laughs> man, I was I was nervous. I was I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I was sweating bullets. But I wasn't. 
I didn't think they were good by Michigan, but I knew that Georgia was not going to let me have a bad night that night. And I loved every second of that ass whooping. And I didn't turn the game off. I kept watching. Me either. I I watched, watched all the way to the I end. Had a fucking break time. Um, by the way, uh, nasty Michigan. We don't have a lot of Michigan listeners, Disgusting. but ew. Y'all nasty as hell for that. Nasty. Ew. Y'all told a lot of lies. Y'all nasty. And that team beat y'all in front of in front of y'all were supposed to put them into the dirt so we could really have our fun last week. Y'all were supposed to already have accomplished that. That was nasty. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you can find us at One Take Pod. Dex, what are we doing? Sports morning too. Look at that Vogue cover. Oh, she is on the cover of Vogue. All right, we're out. Spirit of some evil there